How great is our God. Whatever our need, God's the answer. Whatever, you know, we want, God's the answer. Whatever there is, it's always God. Jesus is the answer. Um, offering, generosity. I've got a few scriptures here on generosity. In Proverbs eleven twenty four, generosity brings prosperity. And in 25, it says, Those who live to bless others will have blessing heaped upon them, and the one who pours out his life will pour out blessing, will be saturated with favour. And in the New King James, all these are from the Passion Version, by the way, um, the New King James, it says, A generous soul will be made rich. And in Luke 6.38, Give generously, and generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down and make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflow measure that it will run over the top. Doesn't that sound good? The measurement of your generosity comes, becomes the measurement of your return. And I always think of that demonstration of the flower. You pour in, you shake it, you bang it, you hit it. And then you can put more in, you shake it, you bang it, you hit it, you can pour in. But God says here, overflowing measure. Not just fill to the top, but overflowing measure. And in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and the heading is hilarious generosity. A, a stingy sower will reap a meagre harvest. And that word, and I'm not sure if I'm saying that wrong, it's M-E-A-G-E-R. Um, having little, lacking um, qualities and um, deficient in quantity and quality. But the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap abundant harvest. Let giving flow from the heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. And don't we have... Um, a joyous father that loves, he's given his all, hasn't he? Um, all because God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough for everything. Every moment and in every way, he will make you overflow, there we are again, with abundance in every good thing you do. This generosity will supply abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on Every occasion, even when it takes your gifts to these in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. Isn't that wonderful? A generosity will have abundance harvest, um, hilarious generosity. Um, we have more than enough for everything that we need and we'll be overflowing in abundance. So, and... As we know, we've just been through Christmas and I'm sure everyone was very thankful for all the gifts that they've had and the generosity that they had. And I think of um, 
Earl Roberts, um, years ago, I can remember him saying that if you have a need, then plant a seed. So God is there to multiply. And in Galatians 6, 9, it says, And don't allow yourself to be weary in planting good seed. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Take advantage of, of every opportunity to be blessing to others, especially our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. Isn't that wonderful? That we can give and we can multiply and we can have more than enough that we ever could imagine. And I think 2024 is maybe heading that way. Um, so let's just pray. Lord, we just thank you for the seed that you have given to each one of us, Lord. Lord, we just thank you that a harvest is coming on each one of our seeds that's been planted previously and what we plant today. Lord, we just thank you for the multiplication that is coming in our lives, Lord. And we just thank you for the blessing that's on the giver. Amen. Um, just a little word of encouragement. Um, just felt as we're in worship that um, I know we're coming to a new year uh, and uh, the world sort of gets a little bit uh, stuck in that <laughs> this is the season, isn't it? And, uh, and they're, they're looking for something new and they're maybe wanting to forget about last year. Is that what happens? I know that happens in the natural, uh, just in our world. Um, so, but I just, I just think like uh, it, it is a time when we can reflect and there's nothing wrong in that. You know, we can look back and we can reflect. I felt God say, uh, just to encourage some people, don't look back on the past. Actually, don't go back there. You understand that in your life, when certain things happen, you put a little marker there sometimes. And sometimes it's not a nice looking marker. You know, it's like, it's like walking in snow and, you know, you look back and you can see exactly where you've been. Yeah, God says don't go back looking at the past. You are a new creation. You're a new creation. Don't go back. Don't take yourself back in your mind and sit yourself on a marker and start to think about it. You take yourself back in a mind, in your mind, and you sit on that post and you start to think about it, you're going to go back there. There's no way out. You're going to go back there. And I just felt God was saying, be encouraged. It is a new year. Physically, it's a new year. But let's apply it spiritually to ourselves and don't go back. Don't go back. There's a new way ahead. God is a God of new beginnings. You know, when we come to Jesus Christ and we receive him as our saviour, we are a new creation. But then as we walk before him every day, it's new. It's a going on process. It's a new day. It's a new way. It, and uh, I just felt God want to encourage people like, uh, don't, just don't go back there. God has so many special things available to us, so many things that we don't haven't walked in yet that he wants us uh, to walk in. And uh, he just wants us to press in, allow our faith to rise up and step in every day 
into a new way, into a new way, into a new way. It's a new way. Look, sometimes, sometimes I want to tell you something. Sometimes God gives you a promise and you, don't, and you say, oh, that's a fabulous promise. It must mean this. It must mean I do that. I must be going here. And we begin to create with the promise where we think we're going to do, what we think we're going to do, where we think we're going. Gosh, our mind's incredible, isn't it? Zip, 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 zip. George doesn't do that. Mine does all the time. And we, we create this picture of who we're going to be, where we're going to be. If it's ministry, where are we going to minister? How are we going to minister? What's going to happen? And our mind just goes zip, 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 zip. Don't do it. Don't do it. All we need to do is present ourselves before Jesus and say, here I am. Whatever talents you've given me, whoever I am in you, I just give it to you, Lord. Yeah, I just give it to you. You do whatever you want to do with it. You make it how you want it to be. I just want to be what you want me to be. That, that's the baseline. You know, we've all got talents and they all operate in different ways. Um, but I just felt God wanted to encourage you. There, there's some people in here that have got talents and they're not going to be how you think they're going to be. They, they're not. But the way to get them operating the, the best way that God meant them to be is just to present them to him and say, here it is. Pour your super on my natural. Pour your super on my natural. Just do what you want to do with me and help me to operate in the way that you want me to operate. You know, when we're very talented, we can do lots of stuff. We can just do it because naturally we're talented in that area. Actually, God wants to get a hold of those natural talents and just develop them beyond whatever you think you could do. You have no idea what he can do with you. No idea. If you look back in the Bible, the different people that did things in God, gosh, you know, they were just people that said, oh, my God, you know, who am I? Remember Gideon? Who am I? The weakest amongst my tribe, who am I? You know, but, he, but God just poured his supernatural on their natural and they took off. I bet Gideon looked back and thought, oh, my gosh, did I do that? And he knew it wasn't him. He knew he'd just been submitted to God and God had poured the super on the natural. If you are really wanting to work within God and give your talents, do you know your talents and your gifting have only significance when God gets a hold of it and it operates to build up, encourage everybody else. Otherwise it means nothing. It's nothing. It has no value. Only as it operates within the body of Christ to encourage and build up. So I just want to encourage you today. Hey, all you've got to do, doesn't it sound easy? Oh, gosh, it's, I'm still learning it. I will go on learning it, I'm sure. All you need to do is let your faith arise and place everything that you are in his hands and come into his presence and allow him to take it and develop it into whatever. Whatever. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Don't say, well, I can do it this way. Just give it to him. 
and let him do it. And you will be amazed what God can do. Just amazed. You will stand back and say, oh, golly gosh, was that me? Did I go that way? By just allowing your faith to arise and putting your trust in him. So I just want to encourage you as, as a new year is coming. And you might have thoughts, oh, I think I'd like to do this or I'd like to do that. Or maybe I could minister in this area. And when I say the word minister, look, I'm not talking about just up here. We're all called to minister. We've all got gifts. I don't just operate in the church. It's a very small part, a very small part of the operation of gifts. So we've all got them. And whatever you're thinking in your mind, I'd like to work in that, I'd like to do that. Maybe I've got this. Maybe I'm a, or a, whatever you think, whatever you think. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You don't have to have a title. You don't, have to, don't even have to say, I've got a gift of. You don't. All you have to do is say, Lord, here I am. Whatever you've given me, use it. Use it to help people, to build people, to encourage people. Use it for your kingdom. Use it for your glory. You do your work. Come put your glove on me like he, he did with Gideon. It says the spirit came down like a glove and just enveloped him and Gideon took off. And I, I really believe that probably he just stood back and said, wow, did I do that? No, he didn't actually. It was God and him. If God is with you, working with you, then whatever talent you have in God, it's going to work for the best and it's going to have the best result. So please, please, I really implore you, don't go back. Don't go back. Don't look back. Don't say, I was this or I had that or I did this or that went wrong or that was a mess. Just forget it and just turn your eyes upon Jesus and say, here I am. New Year, if you want to look at it that way, if that helps you. New Year, clean slate. Is that what you used to do? Did you ever used, ever used to do that? Oh, whoopee, it's a clean slate. <laughs> Forget the last year. Well, if that helps you spiritually, that's okay. Just do it. Just do it because I just feel like God is raising up the church. He wants the church to be working and operating as he as he has in his plan from before uh, time began. He wants it operating within the earth and doing his work. And now's the time. This year's going to be a great year. Yeah, this year is going to be a great year. Let's just pray for a minute. If this is you, please pray this in your heart. Father, I bring my gifts and my talents. I bring who you made me before you, Lord, and I present it to you. Lord, just take every gift that I have within me and you develop. I just, I just bring it to you and I ask that your Holy Spirit right now will just come right into my spirit and take what you've given. Lord, I just present it to you in the, in the new year that's coming up. Lord, I just pray that you'll just lead and guide me. Lord, that the gift that I have will be operating for the benefit of the body of Christ. Lord, that we will partner together. That, Lord, you will enclose me uh, with the Holy Spirit like a glove. Just, just come upon me and you'll just help me to operate in the way that I should be operating. And, Father, whenever my mind starts to go back and say, I'm this, I'm that, I did this, I did that, 
Father, just close the gate. Just say, no, nah, you're not going there. Just remind me that you have made me a new creation and, and I'm in you as a new creation. And I just thank you and I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise for you are worthy, Lord. Amen and amen. Eventually, we are going to get the understanding of what we truly are in Christ, a brand new creation. A brand new creation doesn't have a past. If we get a revelation of who we are, we won't be dwelling on the past. There are a lot of good one-liners in what Wilma was saying. You have no idea what God has in store. He'll give you a little clue every now and then. You'll find some promise in the word and you'll say, oh, really? I'm a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. What's that mean when we say someone's passed away? They're dead. We are dead to the past. We are born again into a new reality. For some people, that reality isn't their reality because they're still dwelling on the past. They're carrying around a dead person. And it's a heavy burden, weighing them down distracting them from what their future is because they've got this weight that's distracting them and the enemy is a master of distraction and he loves to bring up something from the past to distract you from the reality of who you are. You are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. So what's our responsibility? Believe. That's what Wilma was saying. We don't have to work something up. We don't have to spend 20 hours in prayer to try and convince ourselves. We simply believe what Jesus has done I believe it as my personal reality. I am going to walk by 
what I hear, what I see, what I believe in the Word. That is my new identity. Who I am, who he says I am, is what I am. I may not see what I am, but if I believe, he will bring to the surface who I truly am. That creation, that new birth, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the glory of God, the radiance of God, the goodness of God. You have the goodness of God resident in you. God wants to bring that goodness to the surface. When goodness is on the surface, everything's good. You know what it's like when you feel good? I feel good. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> when you feel good, well, I don't go by my feelings. You've all got them. Don't tell me you don't go by your feelings. I can see people's feelings when they walk in the door. We are very expressive people. Some people express their gloom and doom really well. And misery loves company because something happened in the past that I'm still dwelling on and it's affecting my walk in God. I'm weighed down by something in the past that the enemy keeps reminding me of. Now, if you believe what Wilma just prayed, you have the potential, you have the Word of God, you have the ability within because Christ is in you. The greater one is in you. Greater than anyone or anything that can come against you. The greater one, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, the King of kings, the one who created everything. He created you to be in love with him. And when we realize how good he is and allow the goodness of God to begin to rise up within us, that goodness will just be overwhelming. Oh, but if you knew what happened yesterday... Ten years ago, somebody hurt me in church and I've never got over it. Why? Because I'm just dwelling on it. I just keep thinking about it. Well, your mind is your responsibility. You don't have to let it out to anything else but what you want to give it to. The scripture says to set your mind on things above. That's a very intentional thing. I make the decision to set my mind on the Word of God because that's where I know the goodness of God that's overwhelming will begin to bubble up from within and I'll begin to experience the good things in God. God is so good. God is so good. That is why Jesus came to this earth to tell us how good the Father is. 
And the enemy has been very busy trying to mess up the image of the Father. He's done a pretty good job of it. A lot of people have a real messed up image of the Father. Well, if you want to get that lined up right, get into the Gospels and look at the way Jesus was speaking because he is the perfect representation of the goodness of God. Everywhere he went, the goodness of God was with him. Have a look at a verse for a moment. I suppose I should read the whole verse, seeing it's come up. Psalm 23. This is not what I was planning on speaking on, but we'll go with it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack anything. I will not want for anything because God is good. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Boy, isn't that the greatest thing to know that Jesus Christ has restored our soul. He's brought our mind, our will and our emotions back into line with the love of the Father to be able to walk in those green pastures. It's all good. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know some people actually stop when they get there. They park in the valley. I'm just passing through. This is just something that I'm experiencing today, but I'm leaving it behind. I'm not going to stop in the middle of gloom and doom some things come our way. It's just a fact of life. But Jesus has come to override the facts with the truth. Oh, but it's a fact. Well, there's a greater truth. Though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil for you're with me. It's even there if we recognize it. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The word and the spirit of God are my comfort. Right in the midst of, well, I've hit a bit of a bump in the road, but I know God's with me. Lord, I worship you. I thank you for your goodness. I was going to speak on worship, but I'll keep that for later. You prepare a table. Oh, really? 
right in the midst of the gloom and doom when the enemy's trying to have a go, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. What's your focus when the enemy's trying to bring up something? Is it what God's prepared? See, there's a feast. There's a, there's a supply right in that time when I'm feeling like the enemy's having a go. Trying to remind me of something that happened the other day or last week or last year. But no, I've got provision. I've got heavenly food. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. This is it. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, you are actually the house that he is dwelling in and we can choose to dwell in his presence in the house. If I had time, I could really get in and preach because it all fits in with that, but that'll just do for the moment. If we just understand there is a place he has prepared for us and in the midst of the time the enemy's having a go, God says, there's something I've prepared for you right there. Green pastures, still waters, goodness and mercy, my presence, my provision, it's all there if you just get your eyes on the one and the only one who's so passionately in love with you. More than anything else, Jesus loves you. And what's our job? Believe. How could he love me? I've done, there it goes again in the past. But you don't, <laughs> you know what the but means? It cancels out what you've just read. So you can read all the goodness and all the promises and all the blessing and then say but and oh, I've just forgotten everything I read because I'm thinking about something that's not in line. But it really upset me. <laughs> don't go there. But, but you don't understand. See? Our job as a believer is to believe. That means I refuse to entertain doubt. And that's a choice. That's a decision every one of us can make. But you, here we go again. But you don't know, the, I know so-and-so and they believed and look what happened to them. The valley, the valley, the valley or the hilltop. The, the word says we go from glory to glory to glory. Oh, that's all right for you. You don't have the problem. There we go again. You're bringing up the past. Watch the butts. Because it's usually followed with something negative that cancels out what God wants you to step into. 
our job. Read the Word, believe the Word, love the Word, and allow the Spirit of God to produce in us all the things that He has implanted. Look, as Wilma was saying, there are many, many things God has planned for us, but it's one step at a time, I believe. I believe. I believe. See, some people may get a great word and they're trying to take too big a step. Just one step at a time, one day at a time. Each day, Lord, I just worship you. I thank you for your goodness, your mercy that's following me, right behind me. I don't have to worry about what's coming from behind, I've got protection. I've got goodness with me. We need to be very intentional about the but thoughts when they come. Because the enemy wants to give you something that sounds Plausible, sounds reasonable, may even be a fact. But we have the word of God that says, you are a brand new creation. Can we walk into this new year knowing that we are brand new? We start off brand new, brand new year, brand new thoughts, brand new experiences in God, everything new. Everything's new, a new beginning, a new creation, walking in the heavenly realities that God has installed. God's got some wonderful things planned for this coming year. And we want with all our hearts to be walking in the fullness of what God's got for us, don't we? Or are we too upset by something that's happened in the past. See, your past, if you will allow it, can hold you back. So many people get held back. We don't want to be held back by anything. We want to let go of everything. What's the scripture say about getting free of every weight? Everything that could hinder your walk with God. Lord, I don't want to be affected by anything negative from the past. Let's get our focus on the future that he sees. If we could see what he could see, we'd be happy. That goodness would begin to well. He sees the good things. He knows the future. He's got a good plan. The scripture speaks about, I've got a good plan for you. Lord, I want your good plan. Okay, well, let's walk in the future. Let's walk into it. Let's step. Let's make up our mind. Father, you're first. I commit from this day on to make you my priority in everything I do. I want to be so conscious that you're with me. I've got goodness and mercy around me. The mercy of God is new every day. 
every day. That's a new experience, the mercy of God. So when we mess up, mercy's right there. And goodness is with it. Goodness and mercy every day. Lord, help us to be so aware. Remind us, prompt us every day of your goodness and your mercy that's with us, surrounding us, Lord, and that you've prepared everything we need for every day, right in the midst of all our circumstances, all the things that we're dealing with, everything that happens, your goodness, your mercy, your provision is with us and you're for us and you love us and you want us to experience more of those heavenly realities in our walk with you. Help us, Father. Help us to be so quick to believe and to trust you in everything we do. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Good time to have communion, I think. Hallelujah, Lord. How beautiful you are. Thank you, Lord. Wow, thank you, Lord. I've just got some verses that I'd like to share with you this morning in relation to, obviously, to communion. Um, last Sunday, we were celebrating the birth of Jesus, our beautiful Lord, Jesus Christ. Um, I've just... Today, like with communion, I've just got a few verses that I wanted to share about um, what Jesus did on the cross for us, um, the things that he opened for us, um, the things he conquered for us. So we'll just dive into these, um, his beautiful word, the truth that um, God's word is for us. Um, just starting at Exodus chapter 12, verse 21. Moses assembled all the elders of Israel. He said, Select a lamb for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in a bowl of blood and smear it on the lintel and on the, on the two doorposts. No one is to leave the house until the morning. God will pass through to strike Egypt down. When he sees the blood on the lintel, and the two doorposts, God will pass over the doorway. He won't let the destroyer enter your house to strike you down with ruin. How beautiful is that? Beautiful. We, we know that Jesus is the unblemished lamb, without spot, without any impurity. And through his blood, we have that salvation. So what God is promising us there is that 
we're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and we're walking in, in him, with him, through him, God won't let the enemy or the, the devil enter our house to ruin us or destroy us. So that's such a beautiful promise to us. And we have that through the precious blood of Jesus, what he did for us on the cross. So that is a promise that was made thousands of years before Jesus was even born. So the word of God is prophesying and talking about the coming of Jesus Christ and what Jesus would do for us on the cross. And with, with the blood on the lentil, Jewish families around the world, they have a thing called a mezuzah that they put in the lentil on their front door and their back door. And in, in that mezuzah, there is a little scroll which has the Torah or some of the Torah, the law written in that that's put on the lentil. So when they go in and out of their home, they touch the lentil, asking for God's blessing on their house to keep the destroyer out of their house. But we know... There is a great work going on in Israel now with Jewish people coming to the Lord and giving their hearts to the Lord. But they didn't have Jesus or they hadn't had Jesus because they are under the law. But even still, they believed in God and his law that when they touched the lentil and through the blood of the lamb, that they would have that protection in their home. So it is a beautiful thing to think that through the precious blood of Jesus that we're washed and made new again, as we've been hearing, we have been made a new person in Christ. He is the author of our story and he is the finisher of our story. So when we're walking with him and believing in him, we have that amazing and precious time with him in his word and in, his, in our daily walk with him. Just go to John now. Now I've got to remember how to do this. Oh, man. Excuse me for a second. Oh, come on. I'm just driving this one minute, guys. So we've, we've just seen uh, in the Old Testament about the lamb and the precious blood. And now we're coming to when um, Jesus is on the cross. And there's just some things I wanted to explore about that a little bit more. And looking at our, our own human bodies, um, we're made up of a certain percentage of water and a certain percentage of blood. The, um, and our body carries about five litres of blood and a lot of water. And at this particular verse in John, um, Jesus had been previously, Pontius Pilate had seen him to be whipped or scourged. And I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. We, we, we don't often dwell on what Jesus went through before he went to the cross. But with the Romans, the way that they carried out their, their whippings, there was normally about 39 lashes that was delivered to the person. So Jesus was suffering before he even went to the cross, as we know. Um, and, in, and in that, when that was going on with him, the Romans had a 
particular whip called a flagrum and it was a very, very nasty piece of work. I, I won't go into all of that, but the, the lashings and the whipping that Jesus took um, caused him to, like massive damage in his body. Um, so he was bleeding from the outside and bleeding on the inside. And when Jesus w- was able to go to the cross, we know that. Um, but when, when the soldiers came along, um, they with the two people that were crucified with Jesus, they knew uh, they broke their legs. But when they came to Jesus, they knew that he was already dead. So one of the soldiers put a lance through the side of Jesus. And out of that flowed a little bit of blood and a little bit of water. So what I was thinking about is that in, in everything that Jesus suffered and did on that cross, he'd poured out absolutely everything from his body for us there was nothing left all all of his precious blood and all of his the water and all the precious water that was in his body was gone but he'd just given everything for us and we we walk in that we are washed in his blood he just destroyed sin he's done so many amazing things by what he did on the cross for us But Jesus said, it's finished. He said, I'm not finished. And as we know, three days later, he rose again from the dead and conquered all of that. So through us believing in him and giving our lives to him, we are washed in his blood. We are made new. Through his broken body, we are healed. So it's just such a beautiful thing um, to think about what Jesus accomplished for us. And as Jeff was saying, Jesus always was prepared to do and work with the will of the Father. Jesus didn't have to come down from heaven to go through all of that for us, but he knew that it was his Father's will that he would do that for us so that we would have the opportunity to walk with him and have the beauty and the opportunity to have an eternal life through him. So we're made new again as Wilma and Jeff were saying, we are new creations in him. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. Um, Your work, your beautiful work, Lord, is just incredible. We thank you for that. Um, Death has no sting over us. Um, We have eternal life that is given to us by what Jesus did on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, Perhaps we could stand now and do what Jesus asked us to do in remembrance of him. We thank him for his broken body. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. And now, Jesus' precious blood. Thank you, Lord, for shedding your blood, for your broken body, Lord. By your stripes we are healed, Lord by everything that you did, Lord, from what flowed from your side, Lord, we are washed in your precious blood. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you. Okay. 
Thank you, Lord. How beautiful you are. Um, Thank you, Lord. um, Let us walk into this new year with a great bounce in our step, as Jeff was saying. Um, We're washed in the blood of Jesus. We have that ability to walk and live and um, be in him every day. As Jeff said, his promises are made new every day. His mercies are new every day. Um, This week, I think we're just as we have been last week, Mel, and um, church again next Sunday. Um, I wish you all a great and happy new year. I just noticed at the front. Um, if you weren't with us for the Christmas breakup, um, there is a envelope for your family sitting on that front um, bench out there. So if you want to grab that on the way out, um, we would appreciate that. And belated Merry Christmas. Uh, and the other thing is, it's obviously New Year's Eve. Um, so you could go home and go to bed. Or uh, New Nature has a worship event happening this evening. So I know a bunch of us went to New Nature a while ago. If anyone's interested, um, I'm planning on dragging the children there. Um, So if anyone wants to come, I think it's on the website, but I think it's 7 or 7.30 they're starting um, for some worship tonight. Uh, No prayer meeting this week coming. I think that returns to normal the following week. So Tim and Coral are back today, tomorrow, tomorrow, they're back tomorrow. Um, so following week for prayer meeting um, and then we'll get back into the new year timetabling. Excellent. Go have some lunch. Enjoy the day.